Welcome to You Wanted a Hit, a podcast in which we discuss unlikely, perplexing, and positively bizarre songs that swept the nation and often the world. Hit songs that, looking back, make us think, how did this get played on the radio? Do people actually like this? Do we like this? Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm your co-host, Michael Smith, and I'll be discussing one song per episode with my co-host and fellow music fanatic, pop culture enthusiast Theo Beidler. Each episode, we'll take turns exploring the song, while the other host has no idea what song will be the focus until we hit play. I don't know what number episode we are on, but I do know that this is the one-year anniversary of us starting this podcast, so it is monumental. Uh, thank you, Mike, for joining me. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to our sponsors. And thank you to all of our guests who have joined us along the way. And we have a special guest tonight. My friend and amazing musician, Davey, is here joining us. Say hello to the people. Hello, people. So honored. It's like you had the other guests, but you brought in like the special guest for, you know, your, your, <laughs> your one year anniversary. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You have a great background right now. I feel like you're on set at like a uh, like a green screen animation type of setup. Yeah, here. I was telling it's him. Very pro. I was telling him my dad. Uh, he he has a little like a uh, media basement. He's a pastor, so uh, he's just down here doing his Bible podcast. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I don't really like laugh at that. Like Bible podcast. <laughs> well, it's very different than what we're doing. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. Maybe not. Totally. It's. So he has a green We've gotten screen. into religion a couple times. Oh, wow. Depends on the song. <laughs> Depends on the Carry song. Carry under a Jesus take the will. I know yeah, what you're hey, going to say now, Jack. <laughs> that is. Yeah, I don't know that that, that would work in the podcast. One. That, that one's just a good song. If, if you hear a, a ping pong bouncing around, that, that's my cat fucking. For <laughs> <Yeah>. the <laughs> <laughs> so song today. Uh, Davey, I gave you the rundown on kind of what we do here. And when Mike and I first got the idea for the podcast and we started recording episodes there were a handful of songs that immediately came to mind that we were like we were absolutely covering this song and then there are other songs that just kind of came about throughout the past year that I was like oh that that would make sense and every once in a while there are other songs that i hear out randomly that immediately take me back to my childhood and i think to myself why the fuck didn't i think about that this song is absolutely perfect for the podcast. And today's episode is one of those songs. So I'm going to pop this on here. You'll know it. You'll know it. It's like right in my wheelhouse. Why am I not? Oh. <laughs> Mike? Oh, this has been on my list. Do you all remember this one? Dave, you know the song? Of course, as soon as he played it, I know exactly what it is. Well, I mean, you guys are smart. I didn't know it was Informer. I just know it was a song I wasn't allowed to listen to. So I was like, okay. Of course, Ted's going to pick a song that... The pastor's kid wasn't allowed to listen to because it said like leaky boom boom or whatever he's saying. <laughs> Dude, I completely forgot about this song. <laughs> and I also know that Snow is a white Canadian guy. I was about to ask that. I was like, I guarantee this guy is white. 
And that <laughs> and that only happens in the nineties. Like you're listening to like a reggae song in the nineties and it yeah. Wait, today? No way. I mean, this is a banger, guys. This was a jam. We are going back to 1993. Smash hit informer by the legendary Snow. For our listeners who have never seen snow and you've only heard this song i think it would be quite surprising to know that snow is a white irish uh irish catholic from canada uh born in canada happy st patrick's day exactly uh well soon enough around when we would uh, record this podcast uh snow's real name is darren kenneth o'brien happy st patrick's day born and raised in toronto uh, happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, had a pretty rough upbringing. He is one of four kids born into an Irish Canadian family. His parents divorced when they were young, and he was raised by a single mom in the Allenberry Gardens public housing project. Uh, so he grew up in a very uh, poor housing project. Uh, at the time when he was first born, this was a very like Irish project. So he grew up a huge rock fan. Many articles and interviews that I read referenced his love for the band Kiss. I mean, great song. Sounds like a Kiss song. <laughs> well, well, it turns out that we have Justin Trudeau's father Whoa. to thank for this song. No way. Okay? So Snow himself thanks Pierre Trudeau, who at the time was the prime minister of Canada, for his success. Because it was Trudeau who revised Canada's immigration policy in the early 1980s which opened up Canada's borders to immigrants from Jamaica, causing many Jamaican families to move to Snow's neighborhood. And that was the introduction for him to reggae and dancehall music. Whoa, we're, we're getting into international intrigue here. White Irish boy in Canada uh, has no idea about any of this until his, uh, his early teens when a bunch of Jamaicans mm-hmm. moved to his neighborhood. And he fairly quickly picks up on the uh, Jamaican dialect or Jamaican Patois, as, as a lot of articles I referenced uh, uh, talked about. And the Jamaican Patois is in, according to Wikipedia here, an English-based Creole language with West African influences <laughs> spoken primarily in Jamaica and among the Jamaican diaspora. A majority of non-English words in Patois come to the West African Akan language. It is spoken by a majority of Jamaicans as a native language. So our white Canadian starts picking up on this native language. And through this, this is where Snow gets his nickname. So boy's name is Darren in the beginning. Uh, but a lot of the neighborhood kids start calling him Snow or Snow White. Wow. <laughs> Mainly because he was just such a white kid trying to, to be somebody he isn't. Uh, and, and that is the origins of, of Snow. Although wow. slightly disputed. And we'll get that to in a oh, second. I'm not surprised this is slightly disputed. So yeah, so when he starts meeting his Jamaican neighbors and they start getting him into music outside of Kiss, uh, Snow starts making his own music and he starts <laughs> mixing uh, his own little style out of reggae, dancehall, and pop to form his own sound. Now, I was very familiar with, with reggae music, but I was not familiar with dancehall 
as a whole separate genre. And this has been well, you you probably well, were, yes. but you didn't know it. I was, but I didn't know the thing. Uh, and I'm still not exactly sure how to like describe it in a different. I mean, it's like reggae music that was happening in the dance clubs in Jamaica, and it's influenced a ton of pop music and Latin music uh, that that we know. Yeah. How would you describe dancehall? Well, it's a it's a Canadian thing. You said Snow's Canadian, right? Canadians yeah. are like heavily influenced by reggae, which Drake Drake steals everything Canadian. at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Snow Snow is the original Drake. Oh dang, you took my thing. I was gonna say that <laughs> you did it. Snow oh, is the original I was Drake. Gonna, I was, oh, it's okay. We have synergy here already, Davey. <laughs> We do. I was gonna say Snow is ahead of his time. He's the original Drake, but but Drake is half black, so like he does have that street cred. Where Snow was just, you so know, I think I think Snow gained his street cred <laughs> over time. Uh, but originally, yeah, he was just a, a white boy making some some dance hall music out of Jamaica. But he he impressed a lot of his Jamaican neighbors, <laughs> including his friend DJ Marvin Prince, who I mentioned. And Marvin Prince started referring to Snow. And he called him Snow, but Marvin says that he made up the name and he created the acronym Superb Notorious Outrageous White Boy. Wow. <laughs> they even put notorious in it. <laughs> no. Well, here's the thing. So one article I read called it a backronym. Yeah. Which I guess is the acronym made after the fact, uh, which I have to assume is the case, because why would you come up with that that name in general but uh snow gives no credence to this uh but he obviously goes by snow so i don't know slightly disputed also if it were a real acronym it'd be snob because it's white boy at the end yeah uh, white boy is one word according to this uh this (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine being in the club it's like who sings this snob snow no snob I mean, it's a B at the end. There, there have been a lot of uh, <laughs> wild names out there, so who knows? So while Snow is starting to make music, uh, he's also getting caught up in a uh, in a rough crowd of sorts. He ends up dropping out of school in the ninth grade, and apparently never learned to read properly. Uh, he also started getting in trouble with the law quite frequently. It's around this time in the late eighties where a lot of these timelines from the different stories start to get a little bit uncertain. Uh, Snow definitely spent a little bit of time in prison, at least once, uh, but perhaps twice, perhaps a couple times. Um, the main story of his imprisonment that this song kind of comes out of is uh, when Snow is at a party with some ladies, he's trying to impress the girls with his, his reggae dancehall skills. So he's singing to them, and some construction workers, quote-unquote, uh, mocked him after they saw him singing reggae for these girls. And apparently, he and his friend got jumped by these guys, and a, quote-unquote, butcher knife fight ensued, uh, in which a couple of different construction workers got stabbed. <laughs> oh, the construction workers didn't have the butcher knives. This is disputable. But either way, Snow was arrested for two counts of uh, attempted murder. Okay. <laughs> and he went to jail for this. So they, were was, they construction workers or butchers? I think that, well, I, I don't know about that. Okay. There's a <laughs> lot of, uh, honestly, there's enough confusion out there where I feel like this is one incident, but there might have been two different incidents where Snow was involved in a knife fight. 
because he was clearly in jail for a bit and then out of jail for a bit. I think this, and then back in jail, perhaps. I mean, <laughs> from what I'm reading, like he was in jail. He might have been arrested for this incident. Went to jail for a couple of weeks. Started writing music in jail, got out for a couple of weeks and then had to report back to jail after sentencing. But during that first stint, whether it's for a wholly different incident or whether it's for this incident, he was writing music in his jail cell and he wrote the song Informer about the rat who called him out and got him back in prison. So he wrote Informer apparently in prison about the guy who ratted on him and informed the police about him. And then he got in a fight and police didn't know it was him until somebody who was there or knew about it told the police that it was him. As the story goes. And where does Leaky Boom Boom come (laughs) from? So, apparently... Uh, It might have been in prison. (laughs) Oh, dang. This is what comes down... No, so this is what comes... All right, when I was young, I was 93. I was uh, was six years old. So I had no idea what the song was about. And when I thought, like, Leaky Boom Boom now, at the time, I probably thought it was, like, just a fun word to say. Now I'm like, oh, what's that about? But apparently... Licky Boom Boom Now means that, like, if I find you, I'm going to beat you down. What? In, 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 the, in the Jamaican Patois, apparently this, like, he's spinning the lyrics so quick that it's like, I'm, I'm going to beat you down. Licky Boom Boom Now means, like, I'm going to beat you down. Wow. Okay. It's a stretch. Uh, or maybe it's not. I don't know Patois. Like, that might be, you say that to somebody and they're like, oh, shit, he's coming after me. Right. He said Leaky Boom Boom. I think we're just taking this all in like white rapper from Canada, <laughs> Justin Trudeau's like grandfather helped him. This is like a crazy story. So keep going. Sorry. Snow wrote the song while he was in prison for a time. And then he was released. And, and from what I can read, he was released, I guess, on bail. And then had a couple of weeks in between going back and reporting back to prison. And during that time, he somehow got over the border, made his way to New York, and that is where he linked up with a hip-hop pioneer, MC Shan. Now, at the time, MC Shan was known for his song, The Bridge, which oh, helped start yeah. one of the okay. great hip-hop libraries yeah. in the late 1980s, early 1990s. The Bridge was produced by Marley Marl, who had the Juice Crew. So the Juice Crew out of Queen's Bridge and Queen's. And the song The Bridge implied that hip-hop has origins in Queensbridge, Queens. Now, South Bronx-based KRS-One and Boogie Down Productions took issue with this, and they released South Bronx, a song, in response, claiming that hip-hop was started in the Bronx rather than Queens, and this kicked off a decades-long feud back when rap feuds were, were fun and not actually dangerous. And this is the world that Snow entered into in New York City. I definitely know the song. I also love KRS-One yeah, of course. Yeah. and Boogie Down Productions. And I remember this. I, I feel like I recently heard a recounting of the story between between those two songs. So uh, now that Snow's involved, the plot has thickened. Plot's <laughs> thickened. I will say, jumping ahead, uh, KRS-One and uh, MC Shan, have, 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 they have since conceded the feud they are now friends they released an album together uh they also have a sprite commercial together which i just linked to y'all if you oh, want to wow. take a look at 
There's gonna be a couple links coming your way during this thing. So, man, of course, KRS One buried the hatchet. He's so cool. There we go. Yeah, Marvin Prince and Snow meet up with MC Sham. Uh, they end up uh, collaborating together and slowly making an album together. And the album that they make together is called 12 Inches of Snow, which is just amazing. <laughs> That's like one of the best. Is that his album, album title? Of all time. Oh his my gosh, get out of here with that. Crap. You mean it's 12 Inches of Snow? 12 Inches of Snow. No, that did not be as interesting. 12 <laughs> Inches of Snow, baby. I love it. So I read that the album had to be recorded quickly because Snow had to return to prison uh, shortly after back in Canada. Because he attacked a cobbler? Yeah. So he had... He had... Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, so they made this album together, 12 Inches of Snow, straight out of uh, MC Sham. And the album is, is, is edited. The video is recorded in New York City, but edited all while Snow is in prison. So he has no idea that, that any of this is happening kind of behind the scenes because he's back in Canada, he's back in prison. Mm-hmm. The music video was recorded in New York City prior to Snow going back to Canada to serve his time in prison. But it was edited while Snow was in prison and he had no idea when it was released. And so both the album and the song and the video all released while Snow was in prison and all started getting massive notoriety. And I think especially the video, maybe the entire point of this podcast, we try to figure out why a song became popular. I don't know that I can answer this one for this song, but the video is a huge part of it because this video took off on the box, which Mike and I talk about often. David, do you remember the box? No, I don't. What's the box? Oh, man. I think it was like a regional thing, but I think it was kind of Canadian, right? Oh, was it? I, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like I always thought it was, but maybe, maybe I'm just thinking about much music because that was Canadian. I know what much music was. The box was, we, this has come up before on the show. Um, it was, uh, we had it when I was in Pennsylvania and it was channel 49. I remember. And it was, um, they would play music videos, but on the side and on the bottom, they would scroll all the other music videos that are available on the network and you call in and you'd pay with a credit card to have them show videos on TV because you couldn't pull them up on a computer. And uh, we would frequently get in trouble for using parents' credit cards for getting videos at like, you know, midnight at the sleepover, whatever. But uh, there were videos that were like popular on there that weren't popular on MTV because it was like a totally different thing. It was, it was interesting. So it was like BT after dark. I'm just kidding. <laughs> kind of. Except you could have called BET and said, "Hey, here's I don't know what it was, like 4.99 or something. Here's 4.99, play the video that I want to see." It was see. kind of expensive. Yeah. It was yeah, I it might have even been That's like crazy. Like the music industry made so much money back then and now kids for free can just go on YouTube and watch Informer. Yeah. <laughs> it was 24 hours though. All day all night. And I think from a lot of the articles I read, I think the box is a lot of credit for why this song took off. Obviously, it's it's just such a weird, unique song. I think it's super catchy, I guess, at the end of the day. The hook is very catchy. Um, but it is a lot of the articles I read. Apparently, this blew up on the box. And at the time, MTV 
was not playing a lot of hip hop mm. or reggae or dancehall or anything of that nature. And they mm. were kind of, their hand was right. forced during this song. And they took on the song and started playing the song at heavy rotation, all thanks to the box. And it's the first time in this podcast where we talked about the box before, but usually it was kind of like hand in hand okay. with what MTV was doing. This is the first time that I read that MTV was like, shit, we have to get on board because people are, are requesting this. They're calling in. They're, they're wanting to hear the song. Uh, so we can watch the video here. The video, it features Snow uh, in jail, but it is, it is pre-Snow being in jail, I guess, for this, uh, this main crime here. But he didn't even see this video. He actually didn't even know that it was out yet. It wasn't until one of the guys that he was in jail with got out of jail, called him and said, yo, I saw your video. It's, it's lit. Like, you got to see this thing. And he was like, oh, shit. And so uh, I read an article where he said, uh, I hope it's not Marky Mark or Vanilla Ice or something. If so, I'm going to get shanked in here. <laughs> what? <laughs> but then he finally saw the video. Uh, it was being played in the box. And I guess the box was available in, in the jail that he was in. And him and all the inmates finally saw his video. And obviously, he got a lot of street cred for yeah. how fucking great it is. Man. It's a very, like, 90s video. It definitely There's is. Nothing... But it's very, he's very... It's uh, good. I'm sure because people also, like... We're watching it, especially at that time. Now I feel like you don't know what people are going to look like when you hear the music at first, but because there's so many people doing different types of music. But at this time, like imagine hearing this song and then you turn on the video and you're like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> Who is this guy? He looks like a dork. But that was kind of the 90s, though. You know, like if you think about it, you know, it's like every pop star looked. That was the I- ironic thing. They looked kind of weird. I guess yeah. so. I guess you also didn't know what people looked like because if you don't see the video, you don't know what this True. guy looks like. So it was this guy or Millie and Vanilli. Oh. <laughs> well, he did get a lot of comparisons to Vanilla Ice. And I think when Vanilla Ice came on the scene, he was hot for like two weeks and then people were like, nah, this guy's kind of a joke. Yeah. And I- nah, dude, it's then, 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 then. I mean, then, then, it's got the little thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I think once you saw him, you're like, "Who is this guy?" Like, he, I don't think he meant to, but he looked like a joke. He looked like he was making hip hop a joke, and I think a lot of people were like, "All right, like he's not taking himself seriously, so we're not going to take right. him seriously either." Which is very different than Snow, because I think Snow very much took himself seriously. Yeah, wanted to be a serious artist. And then is this is this MC Shan in the it song is, yeah. in the video? I don't think I ever knew that. That's so wild. Look at Snow in all his glory with his little ring frame glasses and the cutbacks. I mean, the style is hot right now. If you wore this out in the club, Williamsburg people would be all I think the style is great. He actually looks scary like a like a serial killer. Like, is that just me? You think so? (laughs) Of course. With the glasses and stuff. He looks creepy. He kind of has like American Psycho vibes a little bit. Yeah. I think I've watched so many interviews of him recently, and he just looks like such an overweight old guy still wearing flat brims and, and sweatpants that I'm like, nah, he just a oh. big teddy bear. Oh, wow. I also think like this came out during like 90210. He looks like the, like, <laughs> the Brian Austin Green kind of guy. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's the vibe is like, yeah, he kind of does. Honestly, like 90210, <laughs> like we like hip hop, we're preppy. 
Because Brian Austin Green was a rapper. You guys know that, right? He had like a record deal and stuff. I don't know if I knew I that. Mean, he did. Yeah, this yeah. Is, oh, wow. This is Marky Mark era, too. All those kids had record deals. Saved by the Bell, Slater. Yeah. This is what it reminds me yeah. of. Yeah. He just killed someone. So, <laughs> or not killed someone. He just stabbed someone. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, Snow is probably harder than all those folks who try to be hard. Like, this guy's been through some I, shit. I, it, it, it definitely appears that He's way. He's been through the system. I, I find it funny that we've, we now have, because Davey said that he, listen to the the boss tones episode and it's it makes me laugh kind of that we have two episodes in a row of white dudes co-opting reggae oh no <laughs> come on Ted. that's a good point <laughs> i thought you were gonna bring like uh what is love or like that oh, song or something no, that's like a, that's that. a good one too that is a really uh, good song this one's been on uh, my list for a while because i just love the fact that he was in jail when the song got hot I, I just, yeah, and, like, we've definitely heard stories like that before, but I never, I don't know, I, I never knew anything about this guy, and I just always assumed that he was kind of a poser, to be quite honest. I did as well. I, I mean, I think it's hard not to that. feel that way, but I think he's kind of legit. He gets a lot of cred in the communities that he is playing in. Like, the Jamaican community, the reggae community, the dancehall community, they've all embraced him, so. Like, uh, there's something to it. Similarly, like, an Eminem or a Beastie Boys, yeah. like people who have reverence for it and also maybe don't take themselves too seriously at the same time. Like it was just like this, this kind of magic formula that they didn't do on purpose, but where they're actually embraced by the community where they don't seem like they belong. And then there's other folks where it's just like, I, I mean, we, we, we can't, we can't have this. Right. <laughs> would, would he be considered a one hit wonder? Would this be like a Iggy Azalea kind of thing? He absolutely is. Because that's what I'm getting from it. We well, absolutely yeah. is. And we cover songs here that are, we call hits, popular songs, but then they're not always number one. This song is a true hit. It was a number one. And it was number one. It was number one. And do you guys want to. Wow. Can you tell me? How many weeks do you think this song was number one for? Eight. Eight weeks. Damn. Eight weeks? <laughs> Name a song that has been number one for eight weeks. Uh, a lot of songs. Really? <laughs> probably up, probably like Uptown Funk. I mean, Independent Women by Destiny's Child. That was 13 weeks. 13, oh, yeah. Women. Yeah. Back I, in the day. That, this is back in the day when songs actually were uh old town road might have been number one for that long i would guess it it was it was probably longer i think the, like unfortunately like it beat the one sweet day i think oh, it was like 22 right. weeks that's it was right one. yeah it did Damn. so this song eight weeks i would guess mike i'm gonna go i'm gonna go five i'm feeling five i'm, I'm gonna go one. i'm gonna slice you in the middle this song was number one for seven weeks I mean, that's I a long close. time for this that, song. You were very close. I was so surprised. For this song, that's a long fucking time. <laughs> that is an incredibly long time. And for somebody who wasn't a star previously or after. <laughs> and and let, me, let me blow your mind for a second. The, the first week that it went number one, number two was the Aladdin theme, A Whole New World. Now, this was coming mm. down. This had been number one for weeks prior. Number three is Dr. Dre, nothing but a G thing. And that will peak at number two. That will never get to number one because sense. snow keeps it down. That makes Does sense. It? We're, talking about, I mean, we're talking about Billboard Hot 100. They do that all the time. 
1993, there are a lot of pop stations that would not play Dr. Dre. Exactly. Like no that way in fair. hell. But they'll play the they'll, they'll play the white guy who's totally. talking about being in prison. Or they think it's a sex song. That's why I got played. Leaky yeah. boom boom, whatever. <laughs> yeah. They didn't know it was about stabbing someone. They thought it was about like doing something dirty. Yeah, he's just informing them about their leaky boom boom, you know? He's doing them a favor. <laughs> One thing I find interesting about the music video, I don't know if we're still sure. on that, is that there's only black people in it with <laughs> like hot black girls. And like, that's like the music video. It's like, you know, it's just like a very interesting. I thing. honestly think and that's and how he rolled. Like all of his boys were his Jamaican neighbors. He's been married twice, both to incredibly hot black women. Like, I think he was just oh, wow. like, uh, uh, a He's man a inside of a, a white man's body like it, he didn't he didn't fit with who he was and he just he just lived this different life and i i respect that and mc and mc sham was also like hey i i hired all the people for the music video that's probably so true too. you don't worry about it snow don't bring your cousins <laughs> yeah 100 <laughs> that's probably true too. <laughs> we gotta make this cool so <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> we don't need your 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 irish cousins coming in here <laughs> bouncing around Speaking of, there was another uh, hot Irish uh, hip-hop artist at this time. Uh, I don't know what year it was, but House of Pain, Jump Around, had to be like yeah. somewhere around It was around very close, yeah. uh, I would guess. And that makes sense. For the first time ever, which is probably no real surprise, uh, there was a number one reggae song both in the UK and in the US by different artists. Uh, Shaggy had his first mm. hit in the UK. Uh, the exact same week that Snow becomes number one in the U.S. So something's in the water. Which Shaggy song? Uh, it wasn't me. No, it was um, Hey Carolina or Carolina. I, as long as I didn't know. He's um, got a few like big international like hits. Look it up. Before he came. He had like one or two before It Wasn't Me here. But then obviously that song was huge. So other songs that were in around the top ten during the first week that snow goes number one. Like I said, we have a whole new world that's going down. Nothing but a G thing going up and not too far up. We have an ordinary world by Duran Duran. A late Duran Duran hit. Has a bullet going down. That might've been number one at one point, but I'm not sure. Uh, I'm every woman. Uh, Houston is on the up and up forever jam. And then it's such a good song. I know. Reach me by silk is number six. That would, that will be the song That's that goes number too. one wow. eight weeks later and is the one that uh, dethrones That song was number Snow one? the number one. It was. I'm learning so much. <laughs> what I'm here for. Me too. I like how you picked a song before we were all born. Come on, man. I was born. We, I, was born. <laughs> I, I, I was just trying to joke. I was, I was like, Davey, man. <laughs> young in here. No, I was just joking. Uh, well, before we jump back in, I just want to say that uh, I had to re-up on one of these wonderful beers from our friends at Sierra Nevada. I feel like this beer in particular is making me feel so good that I feel like I'm in the club dancing to Informer. That's how good this beer is making me feel. But I like it. You know what? <laughs> Why not? I also wanted to mention that uh, I am also full of energy, feeling great because I started my day with some Dark Matter coffee. Our new friends who sent us some wonderful beans. Uh, 
I knew I'd have to be mentally on tonight. So I've essentially been drinking it all day. Perfect. I've done the opposite. <laughs> where I've, I've been drinking a lot more Sierra Nevada today than I have Dark Matter. But thank you to both <laughs> our sponsors, keeping us on both ends of the spectrum here. 12 inches of snow sold over 8 million copies. Wow. wow. A lot, a lot of copies. Full album. It is in 8 million copies. And Informer is in the Guinness Book of World Records twice for the best selling reggae single in U.S. history, as well as the highest charting reggae single in history. So you're telling me that this single sold more. In the, any, than any Bob Marley and the Whalers song in the United States. Oh my god! <laughs> Apparently, actually, oh in, interesting uh, point you bring up because there were I read five other before this one in at least, five other reggae mm. songs that hit number one, and they were I can see clearly mm. now by Johnny Nash, I shot the sheriff by Eric Clapton, the tide is high by Blondie, Red Red Wine by UB40, and close to you by maxi priest oh maxi priest was great four of the six reggae chart toppers in america were by white artists i was i was thinking that yeah blondie went through a weird thing where they were like rapping oh, and gosh. doing reggae because <laughs> they met um i think it was fab five freddy yeah. i think they became friends with yeah. him and were were influenced by hip-hop and then it just got weird for blondie, to be quite honest <laughs> man Eric Clapton has been co-opting black music his entire career and entire. making tons of money off of it. I know. I, I, said yeah, it, like, I, like, I shot the sheriff by, by Eric, Eric Clapton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me inform you all. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, speaking oh, of man. fun facts, if you oh, will. Man. I've only read this from one link, and I, I probably could have gone back to the Billboard list uh, six months over. I don't know that this answers the question of why the song became popular or not. But before this hit number one, there was a, a big drought of very slow ballads at number one. So what I read was the, uh, this goddamn cat. What I read was after Sir Mix-a-Lot's baby got back, top the hot 100, <laughs> the next five number ones were all adult contempo soundtrack ballads. And two of those were End of the Road and mm, I Will Always Love You. Yes. Yep. And that was unbroken. So there's five songs, but seven month streak of nothing but slow number one. Perfect. And that was until oh, and snow then came snow and disrupted just arrived. <laughs> so I don't know if people were just like pent up and were like, nah, fuck this. Let's drive this song <laughs> up the charts or not. I don't know. So, bas- but- so basically what you're trying to say is he ruined the music industry. <laughs> 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 because uh, now we just have a lot of snow. Yeah, honestly, that's so true. Every number one now is just fast songs that are kind of appropriated from black people. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, I'm just kidding. A lot of them are. Uh, and then Davey said it. Not a, a lot yeah, of them. Like, <laughs> or a lot of them just appear to be like vapid party songs, which totally. we we now know that this has a real story to it. But on its face, this song appears that way. I would argue that. 6.5 million of the singles for the album came from Leaky Boom Boom, whatever the size got. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. There's somebody who here. heard somewhere track eight and they were like, this song is great. Oh, what's this Informer song on here? <laughs> yeah, there, there was one person maybe. <laughs> were there any yeah. skits on this album? I feel like he would have some skits. 
Oh, well, I don't know about skits in the album. I didn't listen to the full album. Uh, I probably should have. Uh, I will maybe uh, uh, later condense myself to that tomorrow. Uh, but I, w- I was going to follow up with uh, we have no kids pop versions and no Weird Al versions. However, oh, surprisingly, well, perhaps no Weird Al versions because there is a Jim Carrey version from, from Infinite oh, Color. Days. color. Of course. Let me send you that link, guys. I, I you, all of you need to listen to this because it is dead on. It's beautiful. It is just old school Jim Carrey. Uh, baby, who's looking it up? It's Jim Carrey. Imposter is the name of the song. Oh, I've seen this. I have too. And it's brilliant. I totally forgot about this. It is so good. I'm gonna watch it right now. Oh my god! Yeah, I've seen this. But now, after having like just seen the Informer video, this is like dead on. I just love seeing young Jim Carrey. <laughs> Jim Carrey's Canadian too, right? Mm-hmm. He's Canadian. I mean, there are some great lines in this song. I got ten ten going once, going twice sold. I can spot chivers and even gold. I am well. The Popeye impression is pretty. Oh, the Popeye here. impression. Yeah, it is. Were you gonna say question mark like the Riddler? Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're very similar. <laughs> we are. <laughs> this is so good. It really is. I, I encourage all listeners to go watch the uh, the parody. I guess I, I guess you researched this, Ted, but do you know what was going on in the world for for Informer to, you know, like become number one or become a hit? Because a lot of songs become hits because, you know, maybe we're in a war or we're just like sad or, you know, like that has a lot to do with it. Do you know offhand like what was happening in 1993 that like Leaky Boom Boom was like the song for seven weeks? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I mean, geopolitically, it would have been early '90s. Would have been like pre-Kosovo or late, yeah. late Bush era, right? I mean, musically, we were at the doorstep of grunge. Clearly, we've had five grunge months. Is, grunge of, is is lit right now. Really, is this it is lit 90, on the charts? This is '93. I, I mean, I guess so. Uh, Nirvana, Nevermind, and Pearl Jam ten were '91. You're right. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah. uh. In utero came out in this year, um, so this is like more of like a bright, fun kind of song versus that and the ballads yeah. you were talking about. At the same time, like I don't know how many people picked up on this song being about, uh, you know, legal issues, but we're also like right in the middle of a lot of popular songs being about police relations. So I don't know sure. if that's, that's also yeah. something that uh, informed it, if totally. you will. Sure. <laughs> I'll see myself out. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people knew what the song was about. I actually read that when it became popular on on the box, MTV wanted to pick it up, was hesitant to play it, and then didn't start playing it until Snow's management brought them a version with subtitles. Because people had to know uh, what the song was about. But yeah. even if you read the subtitles and you read the lyrics of the song, yeah. you get the gist. But unless you really know... like. Jamaican dialect, you really can't figure out the lines in what particular. Yeah. Yeah. Uh do you know anything about 
how MC Shan got this song to a, a label to put it out? Like, is there any information on how? That's I mean, obviously he had connections and stuff, but you know that like some folks he played this for, they're like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so MC Shan introduced Snow to two other producers, David Ang and Steve Solomon. And they signed Snow to Motor Jam Electra Records, which then distributes it. They licensed okay. the record to East West Records, which at the time... What was Motor Jam? We all know Electra. What's Motor Jam? I, I think it was just like their imprint. Um, uh, yeah. And they, the they licensed imprint. it to East West uh, Records, who at the time okay. had some fairly big acts. Uh, yeah, that name is really familiar. And Vogue, that was the one I read about, yeah. Yeah, I see MC Light, Missy Elliott, and Vogue, DOS Effect. There you go. Interesting. Uh, but then also, the Rembrandt is <laughs> famous Whoa. for the Friends theme song. Uh, They're rich! <laughs> <laughs> Loaded. Uh, Dream Theater, uh, Gerald Levert. Um, They're eclectic. ACDC, Pantera. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, a sad news, though. I did look up his net worth, and it says $500,000. He had all those number ones, and his net worth is $500,000. Who, Snow? According to the... All yeah, right. Snow, according so to So there's a whole legal battle between Snow and all the different producers and writers, so... How did I know that this was coming? The money has gone every which <laughs> way possible, and I was going to go down the rabbit hole, but there's just a lot to it. But to summarize, Snow met up with Marvin Prince. Marvin Prince perhaps introduced Snow to MC Shan. Maybe Snow uh-huh. met MC Shan on his own. So we got Snow, we got Marvin Prince, we got MC Shan. MC Shan introduces Snow to, from a couple articles I read, two different producers who have this record label. There's another producer who's also a writer who comes into the picture, and his name is. Edmund, Edmund Leary. So Edmund Leary's in the picture now. Um, Snow wrote Informer, 100%. Nobody disputes that except for Marvin Prince. Marvin Prince says that he helped Snow write that song. The rest of the album, there's a lot of Shan influence. And then this guy, mm-hmm. Edmund Leary, who co-produces and co-writes it. A lot of Shan ghostwriting. Yeah, I mean, pre- that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> this is where things get weird. So, yeah. After Snow comes out, and interestingly enough, when, when Snow is, or when Informer is popping off, like I said, Snow's in jail. When Snow gets out of prison, this song is hot. It's number one. He can't tour the U.S. because he can't get into the U.S. because of legal issues. And so that's kind of why the song takes off and Snow's career kind of fizzles. But they do tour a lot. Mm, that makes sense. In Canada, and they also tour a lot of parts of the other, other uh, you know, he becomes big in Asia, which I'll get into. But they tour the world. They tour Canada. 12 Inches in Asia. 12 Inches in Asia. The live album. <laughs> Marvin Prince. <laughs> Marvin Prince tours with Snow for a while. Then Marvin Prince, uh, when he finds out that he isn't getting paid as much as Snow, he bows out of the touring schedule, ends up suing Snow. At one point wins some royalties, but then another judge takes those back. Because... Marvin Prince claimed that he had a 50-50 deal with Snow, that he wrote some mm. half the song. There's nothing in, in, in signature. It sounds like Shan 
made a lot of the money. This guy, Edmund Leary, says that he produced a lot of it and probably wrote majority of the album. Gets no royalties. Jesus. This guy's this guy's a boss. Um, Vice interviewed him. He is very optimistic. He's like a bright soul in the universe. Uh, unfortunately, he had a lot of problems with drugs and alcohol. He has been in and out of the streets for years. He's now, at least at the time of this Vice article, uh, he was living in New York housing uh, out of a homeless shelter, um, working odd jobs. But got a super interesting story, and he's like super optimistic. And and one of the points in the interview, they ask him like. Did you make any money off this stuff? And he's got a really cool answer. He's like, I, I didn't. However, he thanks God that he didn't because he was like, at the time, like, if I had become a millionaire, I would have just spent it on drugs and I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't be here today. So he's got a really, a really amazing wow. view on it all that I probably wow. wouldn't have by any means. But even Snow, not. like later on in life, Snow, and we'll, we'll get to like where he is now and, and who he's kind of what he's doing, what he's playing with. But there was a, certainly a time there where he wasn't making any royalties and a manager came into his life and was like, bro, you're probably owed a ton of money. Like, mm-hmm. let me help you find this. And he did. He helps him find a lot of money. That even as the performer, like even if, if he didn't fully write this, look, there's nothing wrong with co-writes. You just got to be honest about them or you get yeah, in these situations. There's a lot of articles that I read in interviews. Like Snow is an amazing person. Like go watch some interviews. He's hilarious. But there's so many interviews where they're like, yo, like, do you wish you had done more with your career or whatever? And he's like, I don't know, man. Like, I just want to, like, play music. I did one, one interview here, he goes, sometimes I feel like I don't want to do music and I just want to lie in a hammock. I grew up hanging out in parking lots and drinking and chilling out. It's been hard for my manager because I don't want to do anything. Like, he kind of has the attitude of, like, man, I identify with this man. Shit happens. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's very chill. Um but, but to great. jump ahead to where he is now, um, he has recorded a couple albums since. The album after 12 Inches of Snow was called Murder Love, which he recorded in Jamaica with a ton of notorious uh, reggae and dancehall artists. Uh, mm. And it was like a very cool album. It didn't do anything in the States. It didn't do anything in Canada. Uh, but it was huge in Japan. Uh, the one song that was really big in Japan was called Sexy Girl, which went one, number one in Japan. Oh, it's kind wow. of a jam. Uh, has That's a great cool. video. He it's... follows this album up with an album called Justice, which is named after his daughter. And <laughs> the big the big song in that album is Boom Boom Boogie, which is another great song and another great video. Well, before we get to his major comeback, there's a there's a, a very funny uh, little story here that I have to tell. Apparently, in 2013, Yahoo's then CEO. Marissa Mayer complained that the company's hold music during fourth quarter earnings call was shitty. She she didn't like it at all. And Snow responded by creating Yahoo's own hold music. And I have to send this to you. This is all amazing. And I hope that you put this all into the podcast. Like, oh my god. This is amazing. <laughs> I love this success. And I'm gonna make that my whole music. I, I'm gonna like create a situation where I can myself and can have whole music just so I can make people hear 
that song. It only has 30,000 views. I feel like it's quite the inside it's joke. It's really good. <laughs> Absolutely, right? Like, this is incredible. What a find. So, Snow uh, puts the music out. He seemed very lackadaisical, like, puts music out oh. here and there. He actually does a lot of charity work, which is fucking rad. And then, in 2019, Snow pops back up mm-hmm. into the charts. Thanks Daddy to Daddy Yankee. Yankee. Yep. Daddy Yanker came out with a banger Whoa. called Con Palma, which it's is like essentially... I mean, it is... It's, it's, it's a like, cover. It's like, it's like a... It's not a just a sample. Here and then, it's like that. Daddy Yankee doing Snow Informer. <laughs> it, it, no, it, it essentially... It is Informer... Yeah, I guess maybe it's like two. a sequel. It's like Informer Redux. Yeah, and it's classic. And I sent it to y'all. The video is great. And funny enough, I watched the video before I realized like when everything came out because the video features both Daddy Yankee and Daddy Snow as cartoon characters he calls himself Daddy, Daddy Snow, Snow? Uh, so oh. it is Daddy Snow oh, and Daddy God. Yankee you know, he mentions that and in the whole music I just heard it yeah 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 so he's always called himself Daddy Snow and this video features them as cartoon right. characters but then they they do feature themselves in the video but never together and in my head I was like oh shit because of COVID obviously but then I looked it up and it was pre-COVID it was because Daddy Snow couldn't enter the United States legally oh. because Still. of his past, uh, past integration so he has to do like a lot of paperwork to get in here to tour so he rarely ever tours in the US uh, but this song is a fucking banger it's weird because if you go to barber shops in New York City, they are playing the Daddy Yankee. They were playing that one, and so I, I thought it was like poetic justice, kind of in like a way, like returning itself kind of to like some group of people that are like, yeah, like we kind of yeah. like this, and this is kind of ours. Not not say you know it wasn't right, Daddy Snows if he wrote it, he wrote it, but. Uh, I, I, it's so weird. I heard the Daddy Yankee one, and I never put it with the like '90s one. Probably because you it's you weird. weren't allowed to listen to Informer. <laughs> well, I mean, like like I said to Ted, I was zero in 1993. <laughs> so, but no, I I heard like Boom Boom Licky because it comes on like the '90s. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she's all that. Like it was like yeah, that era. Right. If I'm right, you know, like. Buffy, you know, if you watch Buffy with Sarah Michelle Geller, I'm sure they had like the Boom Boom Mickey <laughs> was in there. Actually, yeah, Theo, do you have a list of what movies and TV shows? Please, ha- please find that. Feature this a song? little bit. So it it uh, it is prominently featured in Tina Fey and Amy Poehler's Sisters. Yeah, yes! yeah, yeah. That's yeah. um, so quite prominent there. Uh, it is it is weirdly a part of. The Last Man on Earth. Okay. Will Ferrell does a, a campfire oh, I've, I've, version of it. I've heard people talk about that. I haven't seen the show, but I remember um, talking about it. Drake sang a portion of it during a Juno Awards tribute to Canadian music. Of course he did. Uh, both Justin Timberlake and Jimmy Fallon have made it a part of their history mm-hmm. of rap. Uh, it is apparently on a recent episode of Dairy Girls, mm-hmm. which I I only know of Dairy Girls because uh, my Irish right. girlfriend uh love dairy girls and so it's a part of that uh obviously it's it's featured on countless edm remixes um but i have to imagine it, it is on more in more movies and tv shows but i haven't found uh i didn't find too many i'm sure i can look it up uh, I, Sp- 
especially 90s stuff like i i i'm sure it has to be in something with sarah michelle oh yeah or like or like teen (laughs) movies with a party scene and yeah totally like freddie prince yeah yeah yeah. like that oh you know that freddie prince jr was fucking jamming some snow in his trailer (laughs) getting hyped up for these movies Freddie getting Prince hyped up, getting hyped snow. up to be really sensitive in a few minutes. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> a boom boom leaking. It's funny because the the Daddy Yankee one. I was at the last label I worked for. Um, we there are a couple people that worked with us. They were, uh, you know, probably in their like early mid twenties. And I remember I walked by one of their offices, and she was listening to music, and uh. I was in, I think I was in the kitchen, like making my lunch or coffee or something. And I like heard informer and I was like, she listening to snow informer right now. <laughs> like <laughs> what's, what's going on in there. And I walked in and it was the daddy Yankee version. And I was like, Oh my God, they remade informer. This is crazy. And she was like, Oh yeah, I love this song. And I was like this song or snow informer. And we had a whole discussion about snow. <laughs> And I showed her this video and she was like, holy shit. <laughs> well, it sounds like two different songs in fairness. Yeah. Like, I've heard the Daddy Yankee one yeah. at the barbershop. All, I hear, heard it all the yeah. time. And I didn't put it together. Like, I would have known they were the same song. It sounds totally different. But to be real, too, the, the chords sound very reggaeton, yeah. like in the Daddy Yankee. Sure. And they they definitely did like do some made some changes oh yeah <laughs> when you listen to interviews from snow he's a very fun interviewer because like i said he's like a big child now but he's a father he's got kids and he's like 50 years old now and in talking about that he's like yo it's cool like now i'm a big reggaeton artist like sure why not like you know i, I do my thing and, and actually when there's an interview where someone asked him if he was going to capitalize on the, the newfound success he said capitalize that doesn't mean much to me. I'm in and out of music. I only do it when I feel like it. If it blows up or if it doesn't, I don't care. It's like, fuck yeah. Right. He's got, yeah, the man. He, he, I kinda, he's chill. I kind of like he's, that. I, I, I appreciate that. He sounds rich. He has a private stash. His <laughs> website says 500,000. You know, That's what rich musicians do. They're like, you know what? I just want to work when I want to yeah. work. But but he, he's got money somewhere. And, he, and if he was struggling a little bit, the Daddy Yankee song definitely helps. So. Oh, I'm sure. We all were like, we heard it everywhere. So I'm sure it's still raking in money for him. It won the uh, the top Latin song of the year at the 2020 Billboard Music Awards. Wait, 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 wait. Let, let's think about this. I this know. guy who uh, I'm sure plenty of people <laughs> yeah. don't know is actually an Irish-Canadian white guy who <laughs> yeah. learned reggae from his Jamaican neighbors in the projects <laughs> in Canada now has a Latin Grammy <laughs> wrote, yeah. wrote a song in jail in 1992 <laughs> and, and a won a Latin Grammy, Grammy in 2020. Uh, thanks I, for that song. I would say this is the definition, let alone the, the lyrics and way the song sounds, whatever definition of an unlikely hit. Like this is crazy. 100%. For, for all sorts of reasons. Yeah. That's it's, it's pretty remarkable. I leave you with the last thing outside of this Daddy Yankee song that Snow appears in. He is on a Canadian broadcast channel show about true dating stories. And it is a story about 
how he one of his first dates with his new wife Tara, uh, and it features some amazing, awful acting. Oh wow, there he is. There he is. This is quite funny. It's called True Dating Stories, and apparently it is a series on the Canadian Broadcast Channel. Wow, and, and they don't even the mention as like a fifty-year-old. They don't even mention in the title of the video or the description that snow is at all a part of this video. <laughs> no, it, it's all about it Dara, just which Darren, I love. AKA snow yeah. recording artist. <laughs> Darren. <laughs> wow. Well, I don't know if we have show notes, but if we do, we will make sure to like this. We should start doing um, them or maybe we can just like tweet out all the links. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So that, that's oh, the, the story green screen here is amazing. You know, I, the the first thing I thought of when you played this song, which is really weird, you know, those like, you like watch movies or TV or listen to music and like, you haven't thought about them in so long and they just like pop into your brain. I thought, I pictured, you remember that I love the 90s show that was on in the two, I love on in the 2000s. Yeah. I remember they talked about this song, I guess, when they did the episode 1993. I feel like it was like, Hal Sparks or Bill Burr or whoever was on it at the time. I remember they specifically said they were like, I can't believe this song is by an Irish Canadian white guy. (laughs) And that was, I just like went back to them, like playing the video and like all the people in the corner making comments about it and stuff. And I think I just like hadn't thought about it till that point. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a vice article that said, uh, the song is a uh, Jamaican patois by a white dude from Canada with a George Michael haircut. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's it. Davey, would you be surprised if he was playing at like Gramercy or something? No, I'd go. I, I I'd would go. go to Gramercy. I, w- <laughs> I could see him like playing Coachella. Like I could see oh, it being and like it'd be a whole like, thing online. It'd be a it whole really thing. Yeah, be. for sure. Yeah. Like someone like bringing him out. That's what I'm saying. He's like the pop stars of today. Like Drake is an unlikely hip hop star. He's cool, but he doesn't like, yeah. you know what I mean? He's not, he didn't like kill anyone he's or the, that he's we know the of. wheelchair kid from Degrassi. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> and, and snow is and during an era where like you had to have street cred i mean i guess he did he was in jail yeah but <laughs> on its on its face was yeah i uh i well i don't know if any of the coachella bookers listen to this podcast but if you do book snow and we promise it's gonna be an internet sensation <laughs> i will be there I will guys be there. what if we all go to coachella next year to go see snow the three of us be a dream well, hopefully, hopefully, Davey's playing as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not going to go unless I'm playing, but I'll go and see Wait, Snow. Davey, how, yes. How, I mean, how likely do you guys think that Davey and Snow can team up on a track? Yes. Now, that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Let's do I it. Mean, Let's do it. I guarantee. We need an R&B song. I guarantee Snow doesn't have a manager. You just like email snow at gmail.com. Snowdaddy at gmail.com. <laughs> Oh, he better have a Yahoo account if he made a yeah, whole Yahoo oh, whole music. Okay, fine. <laughs> Here's how we do it through TikTok. We need to start a TikTok challenge to find snow. <laughs> we'll all be famous. Yo, not a bad idea. Let's wow. manifest this. I really, nice. I really I like hope this. that in the end someone says, yeah, I have his email address. It's 13 inches of snow at yahoo.com. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. Great pick, Theo. Well, I'm pretty sure everyone a part of the story is still alive, which is great and kind of uh, unusual for for our songs. Uh, so there's a chance we could find snow pretty easily, guys. Uh, before we wrap, uh, I definitely want to hear what's happening in Davies World. But, but before we wrap, we have a mailbag. Oh, mailbag. Which we haven't had a mailbag in a while. I think that's partially because we have just done such great reporting. Uh, last week's episode was about the Mighty Mighty Bostons, and our listener John, friend of our friend of the pod, wrote in uh, Nate Albert, who was the guitarist for the Mighty Mighty Bostons, mm-hmm. is now the executive vice president of A and R at Warner Records. Whoa! Previous to being at Warner, he was at Capitol Records and Republic Records, and he is credited was signing The Weeknd. Wow. He also signed... Bring it full circle here. He also signed Fantagram, Amberlynn, Maggie Rogers, and he's worked with Florence and Machine, Cold War Kids, and others. I mean, this guy had a That's career crazy. after the Bostons. That's well, amazing. During the Bostons, they just broke up like two weeks ago. True. <laughs> yeah. So That's he's impressive. like, I'll still go tour my little ska band, but I also have this other shit going on. I'm also going to sign one of the, the biggest artists of all time. Pretty Man, impressive. That is That's wild. insane. Yeah. Is he Canadian too? <laughs> he's, he's Bostonian probably. Uh, yeah, he's Canadian and Irish Close well. enough. Definitely. Definitely Irish, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, that is so wild. Yeah. Man, that's great. And for all the listeners to this episode, if you have a mailbag for Snow, send it in. Before we wrap up, Davey, our special guest, tell us what is hot in your life, what's happening, what should we look out for, how do we find you, give, give us all the deets. You know, uh, find me on Instagram. I'm trying to get better on TikTok. You can look me up, Music by Davey on both. Watch music, me do some music by Davy on TikTok by and Davey Instagram. on TikTok and on Instagram, where I will be making a campaign to do a duet with Snow, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it will be my first number one anything. Let's go, let's go, and catch Davy at Coachella, twenty twenty three with yeah. Snow, with Snow, but also like disclaimer: I think Frank Ocean too. So it's gonna be Frank Ocean, okay. me, sure. and okay. Snow in twenty twenty three. That's the Coachella to go to. Let's manifest it. I love it. Right on. Do you, do you have any new music out, Davey? Uh, I'm putting out a deluxe version. I put out an EP called All in the Family. I'm putting out a deluxe version Juneteenth. Celebrate the blackness. Nice. Um, yeah, or around Juneteenth. It's June 17th. Um, right yeah, on. and I'm going to London next week. Going to play some shows uh, with Defected. Uh, some Yeah, it's going to be a really good Excellent. time. Yeah. We do have some UK listeners. Okay. I know yeah. we do. I see it on the stats. So if y'all are in London, go well, check out Yeah, TV. check me out. By the time you guys hear this podcast, though, I might be back in New York. <laughs> All right. I'll try, I'll, well, I'll try to edit, edit it quick as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm always on Instagram. That's the easiest way to just be my friend and find me. And uh, yeah, that's what's going on. He's a good right follower. Thank you. Love it. Well, Davey, you've been lovely. Thanks for joining us for our one-year anniversary episode. Thank you for having me. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I hope everybody listens to Informer for their celebrations. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Guys, it's fun. That's a wrap on this episode of You Wanted a Hit. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Good luck getting that song out of your head. Please remember to subscribe so you know when the next episode is out. 
And if you listen on Apple, write a review, but only if it's nice. Follow us on Twitter at YWAHpod and let us know what you think. Or tell us what we missed by sending us an email at ywahpod at gmail.com. And lastly, share with a friend if you had a good time. This podcast was researched, produced, recorded, and edited by me and Theo Beidler. And our theme music is by Air Doctor. We'll see you next time.